0: This is the Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Let's go nuts! It's Jimmy Nuts! Five out of the car! With your host, Mark Martinez. Remember, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. And the English professor. Called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. Hey, this is former WWE superstar Duke, the dumpster Drosy, and you are listening to the Can Crushers Podcast. And welcome back to another edition of Can Crushers Spotlight. I am your host, Mark Martinez, and I'm super excited to have the Imagine heavyweight champion of the world, Spencer Slade, sit down and talk to me for a while. Guys, this was a fun interview. This was motivating. There's so much about this man that just wants to make me uh, go run a 10K. Well, maybe a 5K, yeah. I would die on a 10K, so a 5K, I can do, I can do. Uh, No, this guy's story is amazing. Uh, I'm not going to do. If you don't know about Spencer Slade, I'm going to wait until we get into the interview till you find out what his story is. Man, this guy is unbelievable. He is the Imagine heavyweight champion. Uh, Sad to say that this Saturday's Imagine has been canceled with all the coronavirus. Uh, precautionary is going on around our area guys this is a time just to sit back relax and you know watch some wrestling on tv just cool down cool down um i know the talent is struggling so if you see that they're selling some shirts you know head over to pro wrestling tees help out your indie talent uh this is the way they make a buck you'll hear this. You'll really hear this in Spencer's interview about uh, it's all or nothing right now. It really is. So without any more hesitation, let me tell you about Collar and Elbow. The new gear is up. I told you, I told you there's new gear and it is amazing. Uh, I posted them up on the Facebook page. So go over and check it out. See all the The new designs, uh, I can't wait to get maybe one or two of mine in the mail here in the near future. Uh, But when you go to check out, use Can Crushers. All one word, capital C in Can, capital C in Crushers, and you'll get 10% off your order. Uh, They're sweet, they're sweet, but they're not as sweet as this interview right after Al Snow with the Imagine Heavyweight Champion, Spencer Slade. Wrestling a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and elbow, is the brand passion and love for wrestling is the drive i am al snow and this is collar and elbow the wrestling brand and welcome back to can crutches guys you heard in the intro how excited i am to hear about this man's story Uh, fear the gear he is the Imagine wrestling heavyweight champion within a year of graduating from training this guy is amazing and he's going to take over indie wrestling and any other wrestling once we get rid of this damn coronavirus welcome to can Crushers, spencer slade thank
1: you guys i appreciate you having me on
0: Spencer, we have to talk about the hot issue right now. I know we didn't talk about it, you know, pre-show, but uh, the coronavirus is, besides the sickness, it's really putting a stranglehold on professional wrestling right now, especially in our area, isn't it?
1: Oh, my God, yeah. This coronavirus is, Uh, I, uh, you know, I would love to put the coronavirus in an ankle lock and give it the Olympic slam because this thing is just killing me right now, and I'm sure it's killing us. Uh, Every other uh, wrestler, uh, referee, manager, promoter, anybody else associated with wrestling, I'm sure they're uh, feeling the same way.
0: Yeah, a couple of the guys uh, that aren't here tonight, but a couple of the guys and I were talking that, you know, you have the WWE, you have AEW who are now going to run, you know, shows without audiences. Indies can't do that. That's going to hurt. Let's just jump on with the two that we associate you with really well, Imagine or IWC. If they have to cancel, that's money out of all you guys' pockets. And down the line, there could be some ramifications of maybe closing if this continues to run, right? Yeah, I know. This is because
1: uh, uh, Kato, Kato had, uh, like I said, had called me earlier and told me about how he had to how he had to cancel his Imagine show. And it just happens to be the biggest show in Imagine history. It's our uh, 10th year anniversary. You know, we had a, or a one-year anniversary shall I say. We had the biggest show stacked, man. It was myself versus Big Bill Collier in the main event. It was Amanda versus Brian Pillman. It was Ray Lynn versus Queen Meter. I mean, we had a... Uh, We had a really, really stacked card. And it just sucks because it's in Altoona. And as as far as I'm concerned, I don't think Altoona has any cases of the coronavirus, which makes it even worse because, quite frankly, that's a pretty darn safe area to run a show. But the Athletic Commission came in and said no. And it just really, really ruins everybody because when you're so passionate about wrestling, you're not going to let anything stop you from doing what you love.
0: Yeah, as of as of recording, because you know we're recording early as we always do. Uh, there's nothing in El. Uh, there's nothing in El There's nothing in Dubois Ridgeway. You know our surrounding areas. So it, it's a big hit for Imagine. And um, I'm not jumping on your match, but uh, don't forget we also had Shane Douglas against David Lawless in a street fight oh, from hell. Yeah. Cal-
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that was actually, those, those two had a, those two had a really awesome match. The, uh, the, uh, the show before, and I was really looking forward to seeing what was going to happen up at all, uh, up at all on that. So I'm just hoping that, uh, Kato can get this uh, show rescheduled sometime down the line because if anybody out there's listening, this is definitely, definitely a show that you don't want to miss.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's stay with that actually right before we'll jump around. As I said, we will, uh, you were going to face big time bill collier and probably your toughest opponent in your career thus far and it was going to be two behemoths going at it in the ring i mean you guys are cut out of granite for love's sake
1: yeah that was uh you know to me that was i was so looking forward to the big bill uh big, uh, big time bill collier match because to me you know i look at that as a as, uh, that's a, that's a match for it to put, you know, like a classic on, to put like a 20 or 25 minute thriller. I was really looking forward to that for being my first big match. Because I've actually, I've actually wrestled, so far, I've been lucky enough to uh, wrestle some great opponents. I've wrestled Dylan Bostic. I've wrestled John McChesney. I've uh, wrestled Chris LaRusso. I've wrestled Beastman. I've wrestled the man, Dom Elijah Dean. So, you know... Only uh, being about eight or nine months in, in my wrestling career, I've been very fortunate enough to uh, wrestle some uh, darn good opponents. But man, big time, Bill Carr. <laughs> it doesn't get any bigger than that.
0: No, not at all. You brought up Chris Larusso. Uh, that's that's who you took the title from. You know, he's the hometown boy in L two and loved by all. And you know, let's stay with wrestling terms. You're a face going in there as well. It, you don't see face versus face that much, but after the match, after you beat him down, you know he gave you a hug. He gave he kind of like passed the torch of El on onto you, didn't he?
1: Absolutely, yeah. That was
0: uh. I remember Chris telling me, you know,
1: you know, you deserve this. This was an awesome match, and I had um. And going into that match, you know, that was my at that time at that point that was in November. That was like my first biggest match. Obviously, my first match for a title. And I, I wanted to prove to myself that I could hang with uh, Chris, and most importantly, I wanted to prove to Chris that all the time that he dedicated to me to help train me was going to pay off. And I wanted him to know that he that he trained a superstar, and that he's training somebody that's going to be a good wrestler, and somebody that bought into his system and 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 and, uh, and listened to Chris. Because I don't know if you guys know, that's who I was trained by. You know, Chris is the one that trained me from start to scratch. So all the success that I have in wrestling, I always owe it to Chris because he's the one that uh, took his time out to train me the right way. And there's one thing I always tell Chris, you know, of all the coaches that I've ever had in sports, Chris is the only coach in my life that has an insane, insane patience for people. Man, there would be times in practice where somebody wouldn't get something, but Chris would just keep going rep after rep to make sure somebody – uh somebody make sure that somebody got that move or that technique down. That's one thing that I always commend Chris. Um, I'm very, very fortunate that I got to train with Chris because I wouldn't be in a position that I am right now had I not uh, got trained by him. So that's why that win meant so much more because I was very, very happy that I got to, you know beat my own trainer. It doesn't get any much better than that, beating your own trainer for the title.
0: Yeah, uh, that was one of the things we were going to bring up, and I'm glad you touched on it because we've had LaRusso on the show. He's a friend of the show. Um, so, in essence, though, I'm going to twist this and be the shitster on here. Uh, you've also defeated Cato, then, too, because Cato trained Chris, right?
1: Correct, yeah, correct. Cato was. Uh, Cato trained Chris, and Chris trained me, and uh, I kind of. And Cato's the other guy that I. Uh, I also dedicate all my success to as well because, you know, he's the first promoter to give me the chance to be their champion. He's the first person to say, all right, kid, we're going to roll with you. You're going to be the, the face of our company, the John Cena. So here you go. It's uh, it's sink or swim. So, uh, you know, I always make sure that I never let Kato down because, you know, um, I understand, you know, Imagine Wrestling is not as big as the WWE or AEW, but I take it just as, as it's being the uh, the face of the company, you know making sure you represent the company the right way, always going out of your way to make sure the fans enjoy the show. So i got to give a lot of thanks to Kato because he's definitely, he's definitely given me an, an opportunity that most guys, I don't think get when they're five or six months into their careers. You,
0: you brought up something right there that I have to touch on. You said Imagine might not be as big as WWE or AEW, any of those. You're correct, but the let's let's round 200 300 400 people that they jam into the juniata civic association building um, each one of those fans at imagined is touched at some point during the night you can't say that at the ppg arena that everybody has that connection with wwe on said night
1: absolutely yeah and that's what and that's the great thing about professional wrestling is they're uh, there's so many options out there, you know. The people that come to the uh, to come to the Imagine shows, they could be WWE fans, they could be AEW fans. Most importantly, they're all fans of professional wrestling, which is which is uh, which is exactly what it's all about. Because I feel like we're part of one big giant community, a pro wrestling community. We all come from different walks of life, different skin color, different ethnicities, different sexual orientations, whatever you want to call it. But we all love one thing—that's professional wrestling. And you know, whether somebody likes me or not, I absolutely love when they're in, when they're in watching the show because we always feed off the band's energy.
0: So let's do a rewind, as we all like to do, uh, because you have what a hell of a story to tell as well we've been dabbling around for close to about 10 minutes now and i haven't brought up the big part and i'm still not gonna yet so let's go way back to spencer when he's a little guy uh who introduced you to the wrestling mom dad uh grandpa an uncle who said this is you have to watch That's, this
1: absolutely so as i like to say i became uh Professional wrestling adopted me, as I like to say, when I was about eight, nine years old. So I was born in 94. So I started watching wrestling about 2002, 2003. Uh, My grandfather uh, got me into it. I think I was eight or nine years old at the time. And I distinctly remember the first match that I ever watched as a kid was Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 19. uh, I think it was Seattle. Uh, 2003. And I remember just sitting there and watching that. And just watching Kurt Angle, who was built, built like a professional athlete, Olympic gold medalist wrestler. And I saw Brock Lesnar, who was just a freak of nature. And I saw these two guys going out and slamming each other. And I, and I remember looking at that and saying, wow, that's, that's as a nine-year-old kid. That's exactly what I want to do with my life. Because there was something about it. It just ever since then i was glued to wrestling from 2003 i have never missed a raw smackdown or pay-per-view since i had been hooked to professional wrestling ever since i think it was just what was going on in that ring just hooked me i was just that's exactly what spencer needs to be
0: doing so that's how i got into wrestling at that moment so i'm actually correct on my guess because Uh, I always try to throw guesses out there who I would compare you to, and you've named both of them already. Uh, Brock Lesnar, because you're big, you're chiseled, and Kurt Angle, because you have, of course it's easy, you have the headgear, but the headgear is also for something else, we'll get down the line for it. Um, But you also have that, you know, amateur look. So, by far, your two favorites by all time? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Kurt Angle, that's my... Kurt Angle and Randy Orton are my two all-time favorite wrestlers. I can't, you know, everybody likes to say, oh, well, I love, you know, Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. A lot of people like to jump around and say they like Cena, Triple H, or they liked everybody. But Kurt Angle and Randy Orton were my top two guys. And I always knew that's, uh, that's exactly who I wanted to be like when I grew up. I wanted to have that whether I was playing football, whatever sport I was playing. I always wanted to make sure that I had that brought it in the same competitiveness that Kurt Angle brought to the ring. Same thing with Randy Orton. I, I just, those two guys, man, and it's funny, is because when I was a 10-year-old kid and I told, I remember telling my telling my parents, you know, one day I'm going to, one day I'm going to uh, be a wrestler, I'm going to wrestle like Kurt Angle and I'm going to kind of look like Randy Orton. And I think, and I think, you know, sometimes when you, when you say stuff, you just might get it. And who knows, 15 years later, you know, I, people always tell me oh you look like Randy Orton and people tell me you wrestle like Kurt Angle so I think I I think I was a
0: good I think I was a good uh, uh, fortune teller at 10 years old you sure were did you do a lot of study with both of those guys like early career Randy of course you did yeah that's a stupid question right I, I, I mean
1: I mean I, I love it because back then you know it's kid, you know, it it was, and I'll talk about, I'll talk about when we talk about when I first started training wrestling, I'll elaborate more on that, but you know, as a kid, when I, when I uh, started watching wrestling, I immediately was trying to figure out, okay, if I watch Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-views, there's got to be something else out there, and I know that TNA was just starting around, I want to say I started watching TNA around 2004 and 2005, I think that was when they were on Spike or something, I can't remember. I believe so, yeah. I was going on YouTube. Yep, I would go on YouTube and just, I would just Google search Kurt angle matches, Randy, uh, uh. and then I started liking Randy Orton more towards like 2005, 2006, kind of later on, because about 2003, Randy Orton wasn't in yet, but um, I would just Google search current angle matches, and I was watching any matches I could on YouTube, because that was obviously before the network. But I, I was studying, I was studying, uh, watching wrestling since uh, since I was nine years old religiously, as if I was going to wrestling school. It's just, I was hooked. You know, most kids my age, they love to uh, play video games or go out and play in the playground or whatever, man. But I was different. All I liked to do was play sports and watch wrestling. That was it.
0: So you bring up playing sports. Uh, we know that you're a former college athlete as well um let's talk about some of that tell everybody about what you did in college
1: absolutely yeah so uh you know i had played uh, i had played so i like <laughs> this is where this is where sometimes uh you know people some some uh some people have given me the nickname they say oh you know what you kind of like mr perfect because you played so many damn sports But I'd like to put money on that of all the professional wrestlers out there, I would like to put money on that I think I've played the most sports out of most of those wrestlers. You know, I've played every single sport. I've done football, basketball, baseball, track and field, swimming, tennis, golf. But you would never guess the one sport that people think that I have obviously played that I never have.
0: You didn't wrestle.
1: Correct. That's one thing. I wrestled just like Kurt Angle. I wore the hate gear but I never ever did amateur wrestling. And I like to tell people that because um, when I, I had I had actually when I was a kid, I had actually uh thought about going to uh, my parents and wanted me to try uh, you know, wrestling, but uh I remember going to uh, my first ever practice in amateur wrestling and I remember walking in the doors and looking looking around and I was like where's the ring at? I don't see no ring. There's no ring. And uh, I didn't realize that amateur wrestling and pro wrestling were two different things. And as you know, as a nine, 10 year old kid and uh, I actually end up not doing amateur wrestling. Cause I had always been a, uh, I had always been a pro wrestling fan. Um, and now looking back, looking back at it now, I kind of wish, I kind of wish I would have uh, done amateur wrestling. Cause I think it kind of could have helped me in wrestling. But um, I had kind of, you know, just done some recreational wrestling, wrestling around with a couple other wrestlers. But, yeah, that's one sport I never did. But I'm kind of glad that I did because I kind of look a little bit like, like, like I am an amateur wrestler in the ring because I think I just kind of pick it up pretty natural. But that's the one sport that I didn't play. So I had played sports throughout high school. You know, sports were my, uh, uh, my escape. You know, was really the only thing I enjoyed because it gave me that competitiveness which you know which i thrive on always having a uh, chip on your shoulder to be the absolute best so i had a uh, I had a scholarship out of uh out of high school to go play college ball um i went to duquesne first which is in uh, downtown pittsburgh and then from there they fired the whole coaching staff and i went and played uh, uh football down down south at shaw university in raleigh north carolina i played uh three years down there, with a three-year starter, All-American, led the team in sacks. and then I came up and played my last year of eligibility up at Cal U, right in California, PA, where I got my uh, bachelor's and master's degree, and then from there, I had a couple of uh, private tryouts with uh, the Canadian Football League teams: Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Ottawa Red Blacks, the Edmonton Eskimos, and then I actually went out to the uh, Canadian Football League Combine out in Carlsbad, California, it's like the... Uh, CFL, it's uh, CFL's version of the NFL combine. I went out there. Um, that was March of 2018. I did really, really well. You know, I thought I was going to get signed. I thought I was going to get a contract offer, but uh, you know, nothing came above. So immediately, when I didn't hear anything, immediately. So that was in March, and then in May is when I started training to be a wrestler. So it wasn't too, too long after that that I uh, that I started doing what I absolutely love. So that's kind of what my uh, thing
0: of sports, right there. That that's roughly the same time that the XFL were saying that they were going to come back into fruition and everything. Before we get into your training, did you ever give a thought of like, damn, maybe if I can get into this XFL, I can get my way back in the NFL? Or were you completely done with no, football? I, no, no, I, no, absolutely
1: not. Because you know, like I said, ever since I was uh, ever ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be a wrestler, and it just happened that I had. Done really, really well in high school that I had the opportunity to play in college. Because if I wouldn't have, uh, if I wouldn't have uh, got a uh, scholarship to play uh, college ball, I would have just uh, trained to be a wrestler. Because that's, like I said, that's all I wanted to do. Actually, here's a funny story. So when I was, I remember telling my parents when I was like 16, "Oh, I want to go to wrestling school. I don't want to go to college. I don't want to do this." You know, that's pretty much the typical uh, wrestler. But you know. My parents said, oh, no, you got to go to college. You got to do this. So my wrestling career was put on hold. And then my senior year of high school was WrestleMania 29 in New York, New Jersey, which I went with my best friend from high school. And uh, I had the time of my life. It was my graduation gift my parents gave to me. We went out, did everything raw, SmackDown, Hall of Fame, Access. Nice. And I remember I remember coming back home from WrestleMania and I had already had my scholarship getting ready to go to college. And I, I had told my parents, I said, I don't even think, I don't, I don't think I wanna to go to college. I think I wanna give up a uh, full ride scholarship to be a wrestler because, you know, that's just, just all I've wanted to do. And my parents would tell me, you know, you know you'd know, you be an idiot to do that. And looking back at it now, I'm glad that I did not because to be honest with you, if I would have gone and played, if I would have uh, started training to be a wrestler, when I graduated high school, I still would have had that urge to want to play football. So I'm kind of glad that I went to college, played football, got my degrees, and then got into wrestling when I know the football's done. Because there was quite a few times, no matter how successful I was in football, I always, I always wanted to be a wrestler. I can remember, I can remember I would have a great game, like two or three sacks, and I would be at home, uh, maybe on the network on that Sunday or just watching, and mashing, and tell myself, man, you know what. I don't think I really want to play football anymore. I think I just want to be a wrestler because I loved wrestling so much. It's the only thing I want to do with my life. So I told myself, you know what I'm chasing a football dream right now. I'm just going to finish this out, see how far I can make it in football and if football doesn't work, then I'm, then I'm going to chase my first dream of professional wrestling. So that's how I, so that's how I got to where I'm at today.
0: And in the whole scheme of things, you got your master's degree as well, because we know in wrestling, anything can happen, and then you have, like, your fallback of fallbacks if you need it, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So I got my bachelor's degree and my master's degree, and I can tell you that, you know, uh, the last thing I want to have to do is, is, uh, is uh, now that, you know, is picking up, you know, is obviously the whole goal is to get signed. You know to get a contract because i'm the kind of person that i don't want to have to work a real job any longer than i have to do because wrestling is the only thing i want to do with my life you know that's the only thing in my life that i want to do uh you know i'm glad that I, i'm glad that i got my degrees and stuff like that but you know obviously the goal is to get signed that's the
0: goal guys and now here here's the part of the podcast that it gets real. We haven't brought this up. Uh, Spencer and I have been dancing around it, sort of. But I, I want to say this, and I, I, Spencer, you're deaf, right? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yes, sir. Yep, that's how I was. Uh, that's yep. So I was born that way when I was a kid. Yep.
0: How hard, you know, I mean, through life. I mean, I can't say well, I know, but uh, how has the transition been from? Again, I, I, you just told the football stories, but from childhood to football to now into wrestling because we know, you know, it, it's open to the public now how wrestling works. How hard is that in yep. a match? Oh, my God. So, uh,
1: so I'm going to take you back from a kid, kid all the way to now because I have to go on a timeline. So, yeah, I was born that way. I've always had hearing. I've always had to wear two hearing aids in my ears ever since I was a kid. It was just how I was how I was born. There's nothing that I can do to get my hearing back. I pretty much have to wear hearing aids for the rest of my life. You know, I was uh, I was always picked on as a kid. Always uh, looked at different. I was always you know uh, bullied as a young kid because I you know you got to realize you know I'm a big guy now, but when I was growing up, I was a really really scrawny kid. You know, and of course I had hearing aids, and that's kind of where I like to talk about how. I'm so glad that I discovered wrestling because I like to credit wrestling to pretty much saving my life because I'm not going to lie. I had some, you know, depression. I had some suicidal thoughts here and there because I couldn't deal with my uh, bullying and stuff like that. But, you know, wrestling was my escape. It was the only thing that I could go to to feel better. I can remember coming home when I was 10, 11, 12. I would have a bad day, you know, just was getting picked on maybe here or there. But when I would turn on Monday Night Raw or I would put on Friday Night Smackdown at the time, man, those 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 bad times would just wash away. It just when I watch wrestling, it just put a smile on my face. So here's where my story gets even more, more real. So. Uh, like I said, I credit wrestling to save my life, but wrestling also gave me the uh, the mindset to push myself to be the best person, player and student, because. Every time when I watched Kurt Angle, Randy Orton, and, uh, Triple H, John Cena, all those guys, you know, they always, they all inspired me to, you know, get in the weight room, work out. They inspired me to push myself. They inspired me to prove people wrong. And um, that's where sports came into play. That's why I played so many sports because sports was my outlet. That's where I could take all of my frustrations out on on sports, and I would do do it by being so competitive. I was that guy in gym class or that guy in sports that would go super duper hard because people wouldn't take me seriously in school. So I wanted to make sure that people took me seriously, whether it was on a football field, on the court, or in the, in the, uh, in the baseball field. And, uh, you know, I like to talk about, I don't know, I don't know if you remember this, but this was around 2000. And I know this is the, this is getting really in depth here, but this is around like two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, when Randy Orton had that insane heel turn where he kicked, yes, um, Mr. McMahon in the skull and all that. Yes. Well, I was so, cause, so I would have been about thirteen, I want to say fourteen around that time, and that was probably kind of the peak of the uh, you know whole bullying stuff. And uh, I remember when Randy Orton was a heel, you know, that really, really resonated with me because. You know, Randy Orton had that had that mindset, you know, don't mess with me. And I kinda had that too. I, I realized Randy Orton so much to the point where <laughs> I would I would walk down the hallways in middle school the same way he would walk down the ramp. I would I would envision Randy Orton's facials, how he would walk, how he would how he would talk, because he was a badass. And I remember just looking at Randy Orton and saying, That's who I wanna be. I wanna be a badass like him. You know, what do I gotta do to get people to respect me, okay. Well, I got to get in the gym. I got to be more self confident. I got to develop self esteem. Stuff like that. So, and then once I got in the weight room and I started working out and uh, started excelling in sports, then that's kind of when, uh, then that's kind of when um, the bullying stopped. And then that's kind of when people started, you know, kissing my ass because, and I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can say that word, but that's when they yeah. started doing it because. I was getting successful at sports. The more successful you get, the more that people want to be your buddies, the more that people want to cater to you. But I'm not like that because I'm the kind of person that I'll never forget how I was treated as a kid. You know, I wake up every single day of my life with a chip on my shoulder to be the absolute best. I don't say it to be cocky. I say it because I live it. It's something that I've done since I was 10, 11, 12 years old. And um, that's pretty much how I live my life. You know, I always set higher expectations. And that's exactly why I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to um, inspire young kids in wrestling. Because I want to be able to do the same thing that Kurt Angle did to me. The same thing that Randy Orton did to me. The same thing that John Cena did to me. That was inspired me to push myself to be the best. and that's, And that's where that leads me to wrestling right now.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll I'll let you say some more. But the whole reason why Spencer came out uh, a month ago, so to speak, at Imagine Volume Nine, and and did a promo about pretty much everything you said, just in the shortened version, and yep. and you brought up you brought up suicide and everything, and there was there was a spark in the room that night. Then, as soon as you brought up and said, "Hey, I wasn't." I wasn't this big rip guy back in the day. You, you saw little kids. You saw older people. You, you, I, again, I've told you off the air that you got to me saying, "Holy shit! I, I really need to look into what he talking about." And you know, and I instantly reached out to you. I'm like, Spencer, we we need to have you on the show. You need to tell your story because, you know, let's pretend we're going to throw the wrestling out. What you did for your for yourself. Saved your
1: life, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, you know, I it just wrestling, professional wrestling is that thing that that that, that I like to say that that uh that gave me that gave me uh, gave me a reason to chase greatness. It gave me a reason to uh, to wake up every single day and live life. Because I remember sitting down, always watching the. I would watch uh, wrestling. I would always look at my the WWE Championship, and I would tell myself, you know what? You got to work your tail off one day to earn that to be a WWE champion. You know, it's going to be a long road to get there. But I'm telling you, if you don't quit one day, it's going to be so much rewarding when you be the WWE champion one day. And then you can look back and say, oh, you know what? I remember when I was a 12-year-old kid. I remember when I was going through that that bad time. I'm so glad that that 12-year-old kid didn't give up because he's standing in front of you here, the WWE champion. That's, That's my ultimate goal. That's why wrestling resonates with me. And I'm a big believer in motivational speeches. You know, I've been um ever since I gotten into wrestling. I kind of see how other wrestlers are. It seems that you know everybody wants to be the bad heel. Everybody wants to be the cool face. Everybody wants to try to be try to be cool. Well, there's not many indie guys out there that that try to be just the genuine good dude, like the genuine John Cena. And that's kind of what I pride myself in because I'm not. I'm not trying to be a good guy. I'm not trying to be a bad guy. I'm just being myself, and I'm not a guy that's going to go out of his way to try to make sure that whatever young kid or whatever person's at that, that show, they're going through a tough time, that they know that I've gone through the same thing, and if I can stand front, if I can stand in front of them, the Imagine Wrestling Champion, then they should be able to do anything they want with their life. That's how I look at it. That's the... because you have to. You have to, especially in wrestling. You know, I understand that. You know. Obviously, WWE has the biggest platform, and that's the ultimate goal. But I'm going to start my own. I'm going to start platform very, very small with Imagine Wrestling, and just build it. You got to start somewhere. And if I can, if I can inspire a couple people in Altoona, Pennsylvania, to not quit on their dreams, then to me, that's 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 better than doing nothing.
0: A journey starts with one step, right?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's where, and I give, I get so much off. Uh, so much satisfaction out of when I come up, when people come up to the merchandise table and tell me, Oh, you know, because of you, my son's focused now, or because of you, you know, I lost X number of pounds of weight. Oh, because of you, uh, my son's grades were good or my son, he, he, he's finally building self-confidence. I remember a mother coming up to me and telling me that, uh, that, uh, their young son thought that he was a uh, he was a loser because I guess he lost a little wrestling tournament, and I gave him a little pep talk, which I love. I love giving pep talks. That's just something I've done in football. I remember telling that kid, you know, at the, uh, at the other side of uh, pain and failure is success because you always learn through failure and pain. And I told him, you got to continue pushing on yourself. And I remember his mother telling me a couple weeks ago that after that speech, he went out and won his uh, – All amateur wrestling tournament so that's why that's where i take extreme satisfaction out of you know that's to me that's more important than being a champion when you can really really impact somebody's life and that's why and that's what
0: i'm in wrestling for that's that's the best advice uh we always ask for advice at the end of the show but you can't top what you just said being you you turned in. Let me let me throw a little bit of heat at you for a minute. Uh, you turned into Roman Reigns for a minute. You're not a good guy. You're not a bad guy. You're just the guy. Uh, but no. But but uh, you you're right on. I mean, and you can take that advice that you just said, and again, take wrestling out of it. Put it as you know a nurse or a doctor, or a dentist, or you know a garbage man that we always go to. If you do your best that day your best becomes better the next day, right? Absolutely, and that's exactly
1: why, you know, because, I mean, I've, I've obviously gone to a lot of interview shows, and I always see how people always, you know, give Reigns or Cena crap for, for being too, too nice of a guy, but, you know what, every single one of those middle-aged dudes that are booing Reigns, they, you know, they secretly respect Roman and John. They secretly, they secretly wish they could do what Reigns and John Cena does, you know, there's a reason why, Roman Reigns is the face of the company. The reason why John Cena is the face of the company is because they always do good things. And people, good things happen to good people. And that's exactly why there's two guys that are in their position. And that's, that's, that's my long-term goal is to be in their position. So why not wait until you get signed to start and do that when you
0: can start and do it when you first get into wrestling? right on right on how uh, oh, i look at it right on. You, you're actually talking to i hate roman reigns and i hate john cena and you know why spencer because i'm jealous that's exactly why
1: <laughs> yeah and you know what it's it's it, it, you know it, it's it's okay to be jealous you know it, it's good to be jealous when that drives you to be better it's bad to be jealous when you hate on somebody right. but i always tell you know i always tell i always tell people that um that tell that you know that that adjust others people's successes I'm like well the only reason why they're more successful than you is because they've been doing that more consistently for for uh longer than you have you know don't be jealous it's good that it's 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 good that you're it's good that you're you know you, you, that you're hungry and want to be successful but don't be jealous because you can't compare yourself to anybody else you got to be you got to be yourself. you got to be the first version of you. Everybody has a different path but
0: to the same destination. I, again, I'm just going to let you speak and be my motivational speaker because you're right. Uh, I'm 43, right? It's wrestling in my path. Uh, if I would have did it, maybe 30 years ago. But right now it is... <laughs> It's opening up to you guys. I want to be the best form for, you know, talent to come on to tell their story, to, you know, follow Spencer. So in a couple years, you know, I can call you and say, hey, Spence, remember you did the podcast five or six times? Uh, Can you throw some WrestleMania tickets away here? You know, not to use you, but to build up a relationship. absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, that's one thing about me is I never... One thing about me is I'm a huge to you. I never ever forget the people that supported me from, from day one, and I sure as heck never forget the people that knew what I was up to since day one, but have never supported me since then. So, whenever I'm off the bigger and better things, those people that never supported from you that all of a sudden want to be your friend now, no, 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 man. You know, you if you if you if you didn't support me from day one, then that I don't want your support. You know, I want people. I want the support from the people that you know that are that are, that are uh, good, genuine people that are willing to go out and do whatever it takes to uh, to accomplish their goal. You know, same thing with you. Everybody I've met in wrestling, anybody that's supportive, I will always make sure I go out of my way to support them because at the end of the day in wrestling, um, you got to be you can't, and that's one thing you can't have an ego in wrestling. I mean, you can have an ego in your head. But you can't have that egotistical attitude because, you know, wrestling's obviously built on respect. And that's why I've been fortunate, fortunate to be the Imagine Wrestling Champion so early on because not not no not so necessarily because of all the in-ring stuff, is because, you know, I was able to develop a uh, connection with the fans. And that's kind of where that leads me to, like, my catchphrase, Fear the Gear, which is, you know, what I came up with. Because I don't know if you know, but when I first started training to be a wrestler... I didn't wear headgear, I just wore my hearing aids in my ears, but every time that I would take a back bump, um, my hearing aids would come out of my ears because of the impact from the uh, from the mat, and I knew that was going to be a distraction or problems early on, so I remember my, uh, co- my trainer, Chris, telling me, oh, hey, why don't you uh, go out and get some wrestler's headgear and put on? And, you know, at first I was like, ah, you know, are you sure? You know, that's, is, is that not going to look too, too funky or, or, or is that going to not look, you know, this or that? But I think it ended up being the greatest thing in the world because, you know, it, it, it helps me stand out. It, 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 it protects what I, what I hold so close to my heart, which are my hearing aids, because it's not the two. every time I put my hearing aids in the morning, I always, I always get flashbacks of when I was a kid, and every time I put those hearing aids in, I always remind myself, "All right, Spencer, you made it this far. Let's keep pushing." So when I put that headgear on, man, it's like my Superman cape. When I step in a ring, you can't, you know, you can't stop me. That's kind of what, what the headgear means to me. So, I was when I first debuted, I was thinking, okay, you know, I kind of need a catchphrase. I need something, something to, you know, resonate with the fans, and that came up with "Fear the Gear." And um, I kind of like in fear the gear to kind of being a uh, another uh, another quote like um, when I say fear the gear, I like it to be you're willing to do whatever it takes to push yourself. You want you know you want uh, you want your opponent to fear your pride because you're so passionate about about being the best version of yourself. You're so passionate about accomplishing your goals that you're not going to let anybody else or anything else stop you from getting it.
0: So that's kind of where fear the gear came from that that's awesome that i i didn't one i didn't know about the backdrops because you know uh we don't dive into your training that much because that's your time that really is and then uh the moniker of fear the gear meaning so much more than just the i i thought it was just the headgear so i love yeah. that yeah that's awesome yeah
1: and absolutely and, and 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 the reason why i'm so so over and imagine uh, if any of your listeners come to Imagine show, I'm like Carl Kogan up there is you are, you really I are developed, <laughs> I developed a connection with those uh with the fans up there, and that's one big thing that I that that young wrestlers need to know. If you want to be a baby based you have to find a way to get over with the fans. And what I did was I remember when I was watching Rey Mysterio come out. Do you remember when Rey Mysterio would come out with his uh, he would wear a uh face he would wear a mask over his mask and he would give it to a little kid do you remember that? Yep I do so I said oh you know what what if I came out with an extra set of headgear and I put it on a little kid because I don't think anybody in the history of wrestling comes out and does that
0: well Bret Hart used to do the sunglasses
1: yep and I started doing that and that's really how I got over so every time that I come out during Imagine I always give a, a headgear to a to a little kid and that's and that's kind of I that's kind of what i like to uh kind of kind of make myself different and that's something that, that 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 i look forward to doing every time that i'm up there
0: can a little kid be a 43 year old fatting fat bald man one night meaning me <laughs> No yeah no, yeah, no. yeah. no. 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 Yeah. I'm kidding. I want you to give it to the kids. I would turn around and give it to a kid anyway. The, I, I love what you're doing with that because that brings it back to me. You know, uh, in front rows or whatever, hoping that Bret Hart would find me or you know Ray yeah, would okay. find me. Yeah. So no, the kids deserve it. Not a 43 year old balding garbage man. <laughs> and and just
1: remember yourself as a kid when. If if a wrestler would give you something, man, that would make you want to love him so much more. Not right there, you never know. Like I said, could make that kid's day. You don't know what he's going through. Maybe his, you know, maybe one of his family members died. Maybe he was getting picked on. You don't know. But because you gave him that headgear, now oh, that made his day. That's now you develop an instant connection with the fans. So that's what I take pride in.
0: That's awesome. Hey, let's talk about some of your training a little bit. Uh, We we brought up oh, absolutely, absolutely. Larusso being you know your number one, and you traded you trained at the IWC. Is we'll get into IWC here in a minute, but you trained at IWC school. Um, Was there ever a point? I know you're a football star, and you know sports out the wazoo. Wrestling training is a little bit different. Was there ever a day saying, "Ah, man, I don't I don't know.
1: Um, I would say I would say when I that's, you see that I want to be humble and say yes, but I also want to be confident and say no. I'd like to pride myself in saying that I picked up wrestling pretty darn, pretty darn quick. I, I because you know like I said I've watched it my whole life, and to be quite honest with you, pro wrestling is pretty much the most natural thing I've done. I remember when I first stepped foot in the ring, and I just got chills. I remember stepping in that ring and telling myself, man, you know this is exactly where I needed to be. I mean, you know the first couple the first couple of weeks of uh, wrestling were were you know a little difficult, just with the rolls because I never really rolled before, you know, but when we started actually wrestling and learning stuff like that, man, I picked that i you know I picked that stuff up on the fly that was pretty darn natural to me because and this is where I'm gonna talk about my training here um you know. I want everybody to, uh, to hear this real quick, but, you know, if your dream, especially if there's any aspiring wrestler out there that's listening, you know, if your dream is to get signed, if your dream is to go to the WWE, go to AEW, whatever, you have to dedicate your life to wrestling, and that's exactly what I do. You know, I don't have I don't have a social life. I don't have any friends. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a wife or kids. All I have is wrestling. I'm putting all of my eggs in one shelf. I have 100% focus on, On wrestling all I do is go to my job work out or go to the ring that's it I dedicate everything to wrestling I'm either in the gym working out I'm either in the ring trying to get better or most importantly I'm on the WWE Network watching matches I'm always always studying tape because I want to get to the performance center and I every single day ask myself okay what are they doing at the performance center right now that I can do? Oh, okay, well, they're working out. Okay, I'll work out. Oh, they're probably watching film. Okay, I'm watching the film. Oh, they're probably in the ring training. Okay, well, I'm going to go in the ring and train. That's what, That's where I dedicate my life to, wrestling. And I think that's kind of why I've gotten pretty darn uh, pretty darn successful in wrestling because uh, I don't know if you know, but um, I was supposed to go down to the performance center in December to try out the NXT. Wow, but I did then, not. But then I... But then um, I was supposed to go down with the main event and went down. But then um, I got an email, I want to say, two weeks before saying that uh, they're going to have me come down in March instead because they're doing a trout in uh, December and a trout in March. So I, so I trained my tail off for December, man. I was training twice a day. And then I was obviously a little disappointed when I was told March, but I looked at it as a little bit more time. So I did the same thing, two-a-days, dedicated the next couple months to wrestling, training really, really hard. I was in the best shape of my life. And then I get an email about, uh, about a month ago now saying, all right, Spencer, well, we're not going to have you come down in March now. We're going to have you come down in September for sure. You're going to be trying out for us in September. So, of course, Ben, this is the second time I'm so bummed out because now I just told Trout keeps, keeps getting moved back, moved back. But I know now for sure that I'll be uh, going down to uh, the performance center in September to try out. So that gives me a couple more uh, months to get better, and most importantly, hold my craft and go down, go down to the performance center to uh, in the best shape of my life. Because you know I, I tell people all the time that you know, I'm going down that trial in September to get signed. You know, because I don't want to be up there any longer than I have to. You, you know, that's not that's not me being cocky. That's just me being confident. You know. And if you want to get what you want in life, you have to be confident. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Just doing these uh, IWC and be imagines because uh, that way I can uh, get myself uh, ready for that tryout in September.
0: Twofold on being pushed to September. One, March is a little bit crazy right now with the coronavirus, so that's probably that could be oh that could be a plot,
1: right? And I had just because because they tell you in wrestling everything is about timing, man. Everything is about timing. And for some reason, in wrestling, I have, I have, uh, I have been so so lucky with timing because when I first started training to be a wrestler, I remember telling myself, okay, well, uh, it's gonna be, a, it's gonna be. I, I told myself, okay, well, within six months, within half a year, I'm gonna be somebody's champion. Five and a half months later, I'm the Imagine Wrestling Champion. And I remember when I became the Imagine Wrestling Champion, I told myself from exactly from one year from from, from November when I became the champion, I'm going to be signed to NXT. And it just so happened so that September, a month before or two months before that, I get my big WWE tryout. So once again, it goes back to being a pretty, pretty good fortune teller. But it's all timing. It is all timing. And I had talked to somebody that uh, knew somebody that went to that March trial that they just had, and because they're taping uh Rollins SmackDown at the Performance Center, that tryout that I uh, actually only went like three and a half. So I'm actually so glad that my trial got moved back.
0: So that's yeah, that's a that's a plus as well. Um... On the second note of the whole thing getting pushed back to September, don't you think at some point, you know, they know you have the look, they know you have the ability, but you're you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing. This is just them saying, "Let's see if patience is really a virtue with this man." Right? Yeah,
1: that's because uh, I had talked to uh, I had talked to uh, I had talked to Cato about about this, and he was telling me that you know sometimes. The WWE, they like to, well, I don't want to say purposely mess with people, but sometimes they like to test people to kind of see where their head's at, to kind of see if they really, really love wrestling. And they'll do it kind of where they maybe bump tryouts up, where they tell you that they're going to do this, you can do that, but it ends up being a little bit longer because they just kind of want to see, you know, do you do you really want this? And I remember Kato telling me, he said, Spencer, you know, just 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 stay the course. And I'm actually kind of glad that it got moved back because if you look at the NXT roster right now, it's pretty darn, it's pretty darn stacked. You know, they got some, they got some damn good, uh, yeah, good they wrestlers. Do. So, yeah, they do. Uh, Storylines are eventually going to play out. And that's why I think they're probably going to have some, have some, have some jobs becoming available by the end of the year. Cause they always seem to hire a lot of people towards the end of the year. So I'm confident that I'm going to get myself there down the road.
0: So. Nice. Let's take a little break from wrestling. We'll come back to IWC in a minute. Let's find out some more about Spencer now. Like, what kind of nerd are you? Uh, I know you said you're in the gym all the time, but you have to take a break once in a while. Do you like comic books? Or are you a video game guy? Do you like to go hunting? Like, what is your nerd moment in, in life? <laughs> so the biggest
1: joke, <laughs> the biggest joke, I'd like to say, too, about the whole video games is that I quit playing video games when I lost my virginity. That's the funny joke that I like to say. Nice. But no, 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 no. I'm a, i am I like to play, I'm not, you see, I'm not really a big video game guy. You know, like I said, I just, I I mean, I played Call of Duty when I was a kid and all that. But just now, I might jump on and play some WB2K20 here or there. That's a horrible I'm game. Right. That's a horrible game. You should stop playing oh it. My God. <laughs> exactly, it glitches left and right. And you would think that WWE, of all people, WWE 2K20 would be the best damn video game that they uh, have, but it's not. So, you know what I've been playing recently?
0: Baseball. I've Please played, tell me baseball. No, <laughs> uh,
1: nope. I've been playing. I've been playing SmackDown versus Raw from
0: 2009. Oh wow. Uh, did uh yeah. did you play here comes the pain or of course the PlayStation 2 1? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yep, 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 yeah. yep. I remember that one too. Nice. Yeah, so I pretty
1: much I there's not really you know, it's it's in and, and and I know people like some people said, "Man, Spencer, you know, you you know, you don't really enjoy anything else other than wrestling and that's exactly right i don't because wrestling is really the only thing in my life that I enjoy besides hanging out with family but i tell people you got to realize you know i am so invested in chasing my dream that i don't let any other distractions get in my way and that's that's exactly why i'm always focused on wrestling 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 you said I, I i truly believe i truly believe it's going to pay off you know it would be different if i wasn't a good wrestler it would be different if i told you uh, you know, if I, if I didn't work out or, you know, my, you know, I didn't really have a good physique, it, you know, it would be different if I knew that I was never going to make it to the WB. I, I would obviously live life and do a couple of different stuff like that. But, you know, I know that I'm going to make it because I'm confident. So that's why I am so focused and so driven on that goal. You know, because most kids my life, you, most kids my age, they like to go down to South Side or they like to go party and change girls and all that stuff. But that ain't me, man. Every weekend. I'm either at a wrestling show or if I'm not booked, I'm back at the IWC training facility working out, getting my cardio in, working on my punches, stuff like that. Cause you know, girls, alcohol party and all that stuff, that's going to be, that's going to be, that's going to be around for the rest of your life. But you know what? What's not going to be around for the rest of your life? Your dream. I don't want to be that guy that said, damn, you know, I wish I would have chased my dream. I don't want to have to look back and say, I wish I would have. I want to look back and say, Man, I'm so damn proud that I took a chance on myself.
0: What are what are some of your guilty pleasures? Because I only see you eating uh, straight meat. Like you're probably out in the woods killing a deer and just eating the guts out because uh, you're so ripped. Do you ever take a break and have a bowl of ice cream? Because what's your fat percentage? I,
1: actually, yeah, actually I do. So my big, my big, uh, my big. Uh, I, I actually, what I just call my uh, my cheat meal. I love donuts, so I'll, I'll 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 usually eat about half dozen donuts, maybe once or twice a month, and I'll usually have it like right after right after a uh, right after a show that we have to get those uh, to get those sugars in. But other than that, that's pretty much about it because I look at my body as my asset. You know, there's a lot of WB. You know, to be in the you know. WB, they have some guys that have some great bodies. And they obviously have some guys that don't have any physiques at all. But I want to make sure that I'm one of those guys that, that say, yo, you know what, that guy, he looks like a damn good wrestler. We need to sign him now. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, I always try to, you know, stand out. You know, even in IWC or wherever I go, I want to be that guy that people, I want to have the best body or I want to be the best wrestler, stuff like that. It's just It's just that mindset of always never being complacent.
0: What is, we'll get right back into wrestling, but this is a sidetrack question. What is your donut of choice? Do you, uh, are you Krispy Kreme? Or are you Dunkin'? Where do you uh have- Oh,
1: my God, yeah. Krispy Kreme, man. I could, uh, I love the, uh, I love the uh, Krispy Kreme with the uh, chocolate glaze on top. Nice. So you're. Actually, I, it, it, and I'll, and then I'll down that with, like, I love to go to the grocery store and get that. And this is where my, uh, this is where my, uh, I like to call my, my uh, muscle head, uh, um, mentality comes in i like to go to the giant eagle and get one of the big things of those Fairlife uh, fair life milk that's got the extra protein in it
0: of course you do and i always
1: <laughs> down me yeah i always down me one of those of all those donuts so that's my that's my cheat meal right there
0: that's your fat kid moment right
1: absolutely right there that's it yep and uh, i always like i said i tell myself every time i eat it all right spencer you know next time you can have this is probably probably two or three weeks later you know because Every day, I'm always afraid I'm going to lose my abs and that I'm going to not look, like, uh, not look nice and shred like Kurt Angle. You know, I'm always, I'm always trying to be the... Uh, it, I look at it this way. Whatever, if, there's a, if there's a father that brings his son to an Imagine Wrestling show or an IWC show, I want to make sure that that, 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 that kid or that, that son knows that Spencer Slade brought his best package to that show. Spencer Slade brought his best performance to that show. Because I don't ever, ever want somebody to leave an Imagine Wrestling show saying, man, you know what? That Spencer Slade guy, he really didn't look as ripped as he thought it was. Man, that Spencer Slade guy, he really didn't give that much effort in that match. I never, ever want to ever do that. So that's why I'm so, so, so focused on diet and training. Because the last thing you want to do is let down the fans that, that believe
0: in you. Yeah, you you brought up IWC and that's perfect. We'll we'll transition over to that now. You remind me, um, going through training and everything, of another IWC guy who was just as driven, just as big, just as crazy, just as powerful. And now uh, he's on AEW. His name's Wardlow. Uh, that's that's where you are. Uh, Wardlow at IWC. Gave no shits about anybody in ring, but that's all he did was wrestle. Yeah, Wardlow. I like
1: I said, you know, I I owe I owe a lot to Wardlow because who really, he really took me under his wing. I think when I first started training, he uh, he saw me and said, you know what, this is a, this is the guy that you know I need to I need to uh, this is the guy that really wants it, and you know I'm 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 glad that Wardlow uh, uh, took me under his wing because he definitely has given me uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of advice, you know. I usually send him a message on Instagram, maybe you know, two or three times a month because I know he's busy. But he's always giving me advice. And um, I remember when I first started training to be a wrestler, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say anything negative about the rest of the IWC locker room, or any of that. But to me, the person that I watched out of all of them was Wardlow because to me, Wardlow was the example. You know, Wardlow was the guy. Okay, you know. What's Wardlow doing right now? There's a reason why Wardlow is where he's at. There's a reason why he's at AEW is because he's big, he's strong, he's jacked, he's tan, he can wrestle, stuff like that. And I told myself, if I want to be where I want to be, I've got to be like Wardlow. So that's why, that's why, why, you know, people say, oh, you know, you're like a, you're like a, um, you're like a mini Wardlow. I like when people say that, but I don't like when people say that because, you know, I can, you know, I'm Spencer Slade. I might not be, you know, a nationally recognized name, but I'm working my tail off right now to build a name. But I don't want to be compared to anybody else because I build my own name. So that's kind of how I look at it. But always thanks to good brother Wardlow. He said that's a that's a good dude, and I'm uh, I'm happy that he's uh, he's an AEW. But I just wish they would let him wrestle more. Jeez.
0: I, I agree. Uh, I, I'm i waiting for the day, as we're going to talk about how much wrestling you actually watch when you do get time. We'll start with AEW. I'm waiting for the day that Wardlow just beats the piss out of MJF, aren't you? Yeah, that would actually
1: be, that would, that would be probably one of the biggest uh, face turns ever, if you think about it. Yeah. Because... That's why, and in, 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 in talking about MJF, this is where I'm kind of going to get into my opinion of like my wrestling style, what I think of wrestling. You know, um, I think MJF's great. He's the kind of heel that you want. He's that old school heel that people believe, and that's one thing that this world lacks is believability in wrestling. And that's one thing that I try to bring to the table every time that I wrestle. Um, and that's why my style of wrestling—I can tell people, you know, I'm really, I'm really like a technical, like a Kurt Angle guy. I love that matte face, that that tough style of wrestling. I love uh, always trying to lock somebody for an ankle lock or hitting the Olympic slam. Like that's to me, that's what when I think of wrestling, I think of Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit.
0: Yes, like those matches.
1: Yes. That's what I think of wrestling. And obviously, everybody has their different taste of wrestling. You know, I'm not a fan of. Uh, of the uh quick flippy high paced high spot kind of stuff like that you the know young I'm, not bucks. A, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of it it's not that it's not that i can't do any of that stuff it's just that to me i've always looked at wrestling as trying to kind of make it believable and it's hard to make wrestling believable when when it looks so stunt or it looks so choreographed or it looks so cooperative
0: uh, we we say that week in and week out, um, and this isn't you saying it, naming names. Um, they're great performers, the Young Bucks, Ricochet, uh, people like that. Uh, they're they're amazing athletes. It's just not yep. my it's not my cup of tea to see spot spot exactly. spot spot spot, spot exactly. rest. Yeah, so exactly, uh, it's uh it's uh, and that's
1: and, 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 and to me it's uh. You know those guys are those guys are phenomenal, but it's not believable. It's entertaining. That's two different things. Yep. Being believable is convincing somebody that you could that you could really kick their ass versus being entertaining is convince somebody that you can uh, do all these moves and make it look cool. There's it's, it's it, it, you know it's two different things. And that's kind of why and that's kind of why um I like AEW, um but I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the uh of like their. Uh, I think the storylines are great, but they try to have WrestleMania matches every single week. They do. they got to have 25, 30-minute matches every week. It's like you don't have to have that.
0: My favorite wrestling right now, and probably the other guys will say the same thing. Uh, do you watch NWA? NWA is my favorite out there of oh the, my the big three. Hands down. Yep.
1: Yep, yep, yep. That, you know, that's because... It reminds you of old school wrestling. Reminds you of NWA back in the day when you were a kid. I'm sure you, were,
0: you know. So the you're, matches d- you're are dating only five,
1: me. <laughs> Yeah, the matches will maybe only be five, ten minutes, but you know what? They're always telling a story. They're always cutting a promo before and after. And in my opinion, you know, yeah, w- NXT, NXT is the, obviously my goal to get to because that's just my goal. But uh. I would love to get the opportunity to go to NWA because I think that's the best place that a young wrestler can learn because how you learn is by, is by being able to wrestle on TV for five or 10 minutes, but most importantly, being able to sell yourself on a, uh, in a promo on a, on a, uh, uh, you know,
0: on live TV or on NWA. That's why I love NWA. Another, another one that we're linked with Spencer is, uh ovw has now got a national television broadcast as well uh ran by okay. M- mr al snow on TV all the time so uh we'll, we'll leave this there maybe offhand uh we need to pass some numbers around because Louisville Kentucky is a pretty damn hot, a big hotspot for wrestling. I'll leave it at that oh
1: my god yeah that's definitely uh now that um now that I had that uh WB trial coming up in september I'm kind of I'm kind of at this point... I'm at the point now where I'm looking to have quality matches over quantity, if that makes right. sense. yes. That's exactly why I'm so looking forward to this Big Bill Collier match, because to me, that's a high-quality match. I need that. That way, I can send that match to WB. But in the meantime, you know, I would love to try to figure out how, uh, how I could get a hold of my OVW to maybe get on their shows. I think... Uh, sometime after WrestleMania, like I said, once this whole coronavirus thing stops, because you don't know when wrestling shows are going to resume, but I'd love to get myself, uh, to like an Evolve seminar and try out to definitely get on Evolve because I think Evolve, if people don't know, is really, really picking up. I think they're like the new feeder system for NXT. They are. Yep. You know, so that's kind of where out that's kind of where I'm at right now.
0: So let's talk about some of your storylines. You're in a big storyline right now in IWC. You have you and Palace. Palace is kind of taking you under the wing as a, um, air quotes, young buck in the business. And then you have the old guys, Team Big League, just pissing on your parade all the time. Um, uh, Yeah, I can't. Yeah, them Team team Big
1: League guys, man, I can't stand those. It's just – I think right now in IWC, I think in my opinion, you know, I'm not going to, like I said, I, I, I obviously have my own opinions on the show, but uh, I think that's the hottest storyline going right now because you got yourself six high-quality wrestlers that both can put on awesome singles matches, but we're all having this storyline to where Team Big League, we know that we can whip Team, Team Big League's ass, but Team Big League always has to find a cheap way to... Uh, they always end up getting that extra, extra, uh, extra step ahead of us because they do something cheap. And I told Palace and so myself before the show, I said, "Man, you know, we gotta make sure Tim, Team Big League doesn't uh, doesn't get a hold of us again." And lo and behold, what did they do? They kick us in the knots and uh, next thing you know, we're down. So and I think for the fans, man, this is you're just this is we're we're not even. I can tell you right now, without spoiling anything, we're not even. At the at the apex of the feud right now, we're just getting there. So, I hope the fans know that they're in for something big with this feud. I'm telling you, something big is going to happen. So, that's
0: yep. all I'm going to leave it at. Team Big League, uh, you know, you have you call you're in on one side. You have McChesney you have the Mandime, which I want to ask you something about, and then you have uh, Nightstrom. But they have somebody else lingering, and I. I'm not going to pull punches with you, Spencer. That uh, they they have probably the best thing going in IWC right now in the dime piece. Um, I love you guys, but when you got something like that on the outside of the ring, the dime piece, in uh, being able yeah. to interfere with their looks and you know their wrestling ability, you guys are outnumbered.
1: Absolutely, yeah. That's uh, you know, like I said, if I was not Spencer Slade and I was a fan, I would be. I would actually probably be cheering them at the uh, man-dime and the dime piece just because you know as a as a wrestling fan, you yeah, know that's like the to me he's like the cool hot heel. You know you got a you got a hot chick with a guy that you don't like, but yet Mandi he he uh, he dresses his he's got really really good gear. If you look closely, you know he doesn't dress like a uh, like a uh, like a guy that came off the side of the street. He uh, very 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 well dressed. Uh, it's a very he's a very very. Uh, very very good character but uh as much as as much as uh the fans like mandon they gotta realize that you know spencer slade made the mandon cap out at volume eight for the Imagine wrestling championship so that's what i remember mandon as
0: the Mandan one time um and i don't want to pull punches i hope you don't come through the computer and uh it hit me or next time you, you see me you shun me or anything it, no,
1: not at all, man. You, like I said, with me, you can say whatever you want, man. I don't care; It doesn't bother
0: me. He he called you, and I'm I'm embarrassed to say it to myself. He called you Helen Keller, like that's this, yeah, that's cuts that's, deep.
1: Yeah, that really, really, uh, that really, really rattled me a little bit. I was like, man, okay, because you know I didn't think, you know, it's, it's there's sometimes that you know you don't really think that people are really going to say what you think they're going to say, but they really do. But to me, when he said Ellen Keller, I was actually, I was actually really, really happy. And I know it sounds terrible, but I was really, really happy because he, because re- like I said, now he got me excited. Now he got me really, 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 really ready to, uh, to whip his ass. So that's kind of how I look at it. You know, um, uh, down. like I said, he can, I mean, he can, uh, he can say whatever he wants through the internet, but uh, he always knows that he, if, if, if he's in the ring with me one-on-one, he already knows what the, what the result's going to be. So that's why I just I leave it at that because I'm the baby face. I'm the good guy. You know, the good guy is the one that's not going not gonna to talk smack and say stuff like that. You know, I always try to represent Spencer Slade, the Spencer Slade brand. and That's always doing the right thing. So I always let the bad guys run their mouth and talk. I'm just, here, if they, uh, I'm just here to uh, pretty much just uh, do my thing and shut them
0: up, you know? Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Spencer, a uh, couple more questions because I know you're biting at the bit to get to the gym. I'm keeping you long. But uh, let, let's do two more questions. Well, one question and then a shout-out, more or less, um, because we'll have you back on. There's so much more to tell with you down the line, uh, continuing to follow your career. Of course, you're going to come on once you're on NXT, so on and so forth. But... We can't give everything away tonight,
1: right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I pretty much, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, anything else really that we, uh, that we didn't cover. I just want to make sure that we got the story because I'm sure there could be somebody listening to this that could really, really help them out. But no, it was just, you know, just, I just, just people just got to realize that, you know, when they, when they see, when they see Spencer Slade wrestle, you know, they might, uh, they might liken me to uh, to uh, you know a Kurt Angle, which is fine because that's my all time favorite wrestler. But you know, they need to know that you know you're uh, you're staring at a guy who dedicates his life to this, a guy that this is the only thing he wants to do with his life. It's a guy that takes pride in wrestling, and it's most importantly a guy that was saved by wrestling. And I'm all and and, and I'm stepping into that ring to uh, to basically do. And make young kids feel the same way that I felt when I was 12 years
0: old watching wrestling. So that's what I'm all about. And that's great. Again, it brings you back to old times. That's what's in my head. But uh, last question. If you had, I know the answer to this. I I hope I know the answer to this. Um, If you had a dream match against anybody, where would it be? Who would it be against? And would there be a special stipulation in the match?
1: oh man that's uh yeah. that's uh that's a uh that's a uh, that's a tough one here man but uh obviously you know obviously let me think here real quick i like i said i am i'm the kind of guy that you know i'm all about pushing myself to the absolute limits so my dream match would be myself Versus Kurt Angle in a sixty-minute Ironman match for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania,
0: kind of like Bret Hart for Shawn Michaels. That would be my dream match. I I didn't I didn't get it for I didn't get a stipulate. I I thought maybe uh, submission match. That's where I was going to go. Not a, but yeah, you, tr- you you know what that, you trumped I me.
1: I had I had just I had just thought about uh, the submission submission match in a. Uh, in my uh, in my head, because that's kind of what I like to do. I, li- I like to do uh, submission matches, but you know what? It would probably end up being Spencer Slavish Kurt Angle submission match. To me, that would be that would be exactly what I was watching when I was a kid. Angle versus Benoit, and yeah. I would just be, I would be, in I would be in heaven. That's my dream match right there. And actually, it's funny. Is I just posted a picture on my Instagram here about three three days ago with me in the, in the middle of the ring with the title bout and you'll never guess who liked it. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, yep. Yep, once yeah. I saw the the notification that said real Kurt Angle likes your photo, I was being a mark for the rest of the night.
0: That's us. Awesome. Showing everybody,
1: look who liked my picture, look who liked my picture. I
0: would do the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's funny because I have literally watched, because I, I mean, like I said, you know, I wrestled the exact style of Kurt Angle I do the same moves he does, because not not that he does it, but just because to me it just feels so natural, just what I would do in a match. But I have literally watched every single curl angle match there is. I can I can memorize the entire match in my head, Kirk versus uh, Shawn Michaels at Mania 21, Kirk versus Eddie at Mania 20, Kirk versus Brock at uh, Mania 19. I can memorize every single move they did, and that's kind of what I'm, uh, Kind of what I do when I put the, when I uh, when I'm out there wrestling to the master my title I kind of I kind of memorize certain certain spots that they did in the match to use in my match so it looks so it looks good. Nice, nice. Because I think that's another way as a young wrestler to uh, better yourself is to constantly watch film because you can never ever stop learning.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, in anything, not just wrestling, in life. Any, in life, yes, exactly, in life. All right, Spencer. Give everybody your social media so you can get more people following you. Absolutely. So my uh,
1: my uh, I'll start on Facebook. Cause I know that I'm sure there's people out there that uh, that do Facebook. You can you can get me at Facebook at Spencer Chisholm, which is my real last name. C H I S H O L M. You can check out me on Twitter at Slade Wrestler. You can check me out on Instagram. At slade wrestling and that's where you can keep up to date I usually try to post something at least at least you know uh, three four times a week to keep it going but uh if you want to know what I'm up to go ahead and check out those uh, those uh, those social media accounts and you'll know exactly what I'm up to
0: all right Spencer head to the gym uh, I kept you way too long uh, head to the gym and we'll see you soon buddy
1: Absolutely, yeah. Like I said, I totally uh, appreciate you guys so much for uh, bringing me on the show. I think it was a great show. I think we're going to help people out there in the future. And uh, please let me know the uh, next wrestling show that you guys are going to be at uh, after this whole uh,
0: coronavirus thing goes away so we can uh, chat and link up. If that interview didn't get you motivated, I don't know what is going to get you motivated. Man, this guy, Spencer Slade, is just... A genuine amazing human being after I stopped the recording we talked again for I don't know half an hour or so and we just chatted and chatted chatted and he is he's wonderful he really is again it's somebody that I want to say I want to become friends with you know I support him in the ring and everything but I want to be friends with Spencer Slade because of what he talked about his story about having your back it, it, it just is a wonderful thing knowing that he's all in you know he this is this is what he's going to do and it's also for the fans you know he's doing it for him to prove you know the bullies so this the that the same thing that he said during this interview but he's also doing it for us he really is and I'll say us because You know, I'm named Mark, and that, that fits perfectly. You guys hear that all the time. It really does fit perfectly with me because I love the weekly shows. I do, but I love sitting down and talking with these guys, getting to know them, being able to walk up to a wrestling show and just giving him five and say, yo, yo, Spencer, what's up, and and just chat like normal human beings. It doesn't need to be about wrestling. It doesn't need to be about this. It could be about the coronavirus and how, you know, we're possibly scared or how, you know, we're going to all turn into Ghostbusters and beat this damn thing. Um, How about him announcing he will be at WWE? Performance Center in September guys uh, Let's all get on the bandwagon and cheer on Spencer Slade It's amazing. It's it's amazing what he has done in about a year The Imagine World wrestler the the Imagine heavyweight champion I'm I'm stuttered because I just think man He has motivated me with some of the words that he said and he's he's a kind-hearted man. That's awesome. It really is. Again, guys, it's sad to hear that Imagine had to kind of postpone their show this Saturday. But um, the show will go on. There will be another show once everything shakes out. Uh, One, we want to see Slade against Collier. Um, Again, I want to see Ray Lynn against Queen Almanada and david lawless was going to get his ass kicked by the franchise shane douglas i hope this card is just picked up and put on another date because uh anniversary card and everything this was going to be awesome so kato if you can make that work uh we're pulling for you buddy we really are guys thanks again um great interview with spencer thanks for coming on the show And if you guys want to send more people our way, uh, send us an email. Tell us, hey, reach out to this person. Or if you're that person and you want to be on the show, it's CanCrusher69 at gmail.com. You can also get us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's at CanCrusher69. You'll find us there. Head over to our website. Uh, It's always in our link in our bios and everything. We ask you to go to RateThisPodcast.com. Backslash Can Crushers, tell us uh, how much you hate us. Tell us what we can improve on. How much you love us. Anything you want to say is on there, and it comes back to us, and uh, we'll work on some things. But we're always we're transparent. We really are. We don't have the biggest and the best, but you know what? We love what we do, and we want to give it to you guys the same way. One on ones, two on we or whatever. We want to bring you uh, the best wrestling interviews, chats. That we can here on Can Crushers. So remember, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. See you this weekend.